Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Eric Andrews Lang Show. Snowball's over here doing, uh, what are you doing, Downward Dog? Is that, he's not looking at me. Um, anyway, yeah, welcome to the Eric Andrews Lang Show. Got a special show for you today. Um, we're going to talk about Beth Page Black in the first half, and then we're going to then we're gonna go over some of the uh, recent travels, travails, uh, tributaries, tribulations, whatever you want to call it. From the uh, from the recent travels. Anyway, we'll get into Beth Page Black first. Uh, first, I want to say that this podcast is brought to you by Chase Sapphire, and um, coming from the Chase Sapphire Card Members Club. So that's pretty exciting, uh, which is offering exclusive access and experiences to the card holders at the 2019 PGA Championship. Which, I mean, it's a match made in heaven right there. I don't know if you love golf and you don't love. Uh, and you don't love the PGA because they take care of all of the people out there that give us lessons and teach us about golf and manage your pro shops. And if you don't like Beth Page, the best muni on earth, I would go so far to say, well, then you just haven't heard about enough of it. So we're going to get into that. Um, anyway, if you're a card member, be sure to utilize the benefits, okay? Because there are some sweet deals. You can find the Chase Sapphire Card Member Club at the 15th hole. Ooh, that's a pretty good hole. 15 is um, 15 is the first hole right as you get back over the road. I think it played a full stroke over par uh, at the last tournament that was held there. It's this uh, it's this nasty uphill um, par four where you really can't see any surface of the three-tiered green. One of my favorite holes. Making a par there, you definitely feel like you got away with something. Then 16 comes back down the hill. 17 is a nasty par three. Beautiful. 18, obviously. Actually, 18 and, and 15 are pretty similar, although the 18th, the, the 15th fairway kind of turns to the left a little bit, although I don't know how many players can get their ball around the little dog leg there. Uh, 18 is uh, pretty straight away with a pinched landing area, which is kind of cool. Anyway, um, you can find the Chase Sapphire Card Member Club on the 15th hole. Uh, it's open from Wednesday, May 15th to Sunday, May 19th, 8.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. And there's going to be all sorts of wonderful things going on in there and some shenanigans. And I will be there as well uh, for some period of time in that. I'll post on my Instagram when I'm going to be hanging out in there. But, uh, yeah, come on by, hang out. There's going to be foods and beverages. Foods. Uh, and there's going to be a putting green challenge. you got to try that. In fact, uh, we're going to be having some, oh, we're going to have some live conversations there. I forgot about that. We're going to be talking with golfer Dylan Fratelli on Wednesday and chef Tyler Florence on Thursday. Those will be released in a podcast format on uh, Friday for those of you that can't be there. Meaning if you can't make it there physically, I will bring the, uh, the Chase Sapphire Lounge and those people and a taste of the golf uh, to you via the interwebs. Okay, so Beth Page Black. Here's the thing about Beth Page Black. You have such an incredible, um, you know, piece of property. You know, you've got, obviously, uh, Tillinghast did black and red. The others, there's like five courses there. There's also green, blue, and I want to say yellow. I could be totally wrong about that. But I've actually only played red and black. And now that I say it, I feel like I've kind of sold myself short. I should probably get back out there and play the others because I'm a man who loves to experience everything. Right, Snowball? He's just gone. He doesn't even care. He doesn't care that I've been gone for three weeks. He doesn't care that I'm here now. Well, that's not entirely true. We snuggled quite a bit. 
happy to happy to be back. Um, but uh, but Beth Page, I mean, it's just this wonderful mecca of golf, and it's open to the public. And actually, uh, in contrast to Tory Pebble, I'm sorry, uh, Beth Page has even a better deal for out of staters. I, th- I want to say Black is 150 around on a weekend for a non uh, non state ID holder, which is, I mean, I think Tory was going above 300, which is a little intense. Um, Another thing about Beth Page, I give it a lot of points for being a um, a landlocked course with no real views. Right? There's no there's no views that Tillinghast was able to capitalize on to make it potentially a uh, you know a more beautiful course. He he really just drew it with pencil and paper. Whereas a lot of times you go to these amazing courses and it's up to the architect to mess it up. Um, but but Beth Page is merely a sculpture in the dirt and. Every hole is completely unique, something you don't see that often. Um, if you're going to be watching it on TV, I really wish you could see it in person um, just to really even begin to digest the elevation and the experience of kind of traversing your way through this maze, right? But it's a wonderful layout. You know, all of the holes are really completely uh, isolated and individual and there's no uh, there's no real turn I mean you turn out to see like a really old school links course you don't there's no trip back to the clubhouse there's no easy way to play nine I suppose you could play one 15 16 17 18 but that's only five um, this will be the 101st PGA championship 101 years I wonder if there's even that many people who are alive for the first PGA that will be here for this. I'd like to see if I could find that person. That's a good idea. Mental note. Oh, how many mental notes I've forgotten. Um, Beth Page is also, uh, you know, not not just as a community uh, centerpiece, but Beth Page is also really a home of major championship golf. Obviously, it hosted the 02 and 09 U.S. Open, the Barclays in 12 and 16. And it'll also host, ooh, I'm excited for this. Do you know what I'm about to say? It's going to host, who knows? Anybody knows? 2024 Ryder Cup. That's also a PGA um, institution. Wow, that's going to be fun. 2024 Ryder Cup comes to the city, the big city. Obviously, um, you know, New York fans, New York golf fans, hockey fans, baseball fans, basketball fans, football fans, whatever you want to say. New York has some of the best fans out there. Now, obviously, we could get into the whole Baba Booey mashed potato thing, but I don't need to do that. I mean, why do you got to say something in the backswing? It's like, just let them play golf and watch it. You don't need to be a part of the show. New York fans are some of the most excited and interested, um, you know, sports fans, right? It's New York has such a history. New York, obviously... One of the main landing points for America, the United States, becoming a place. Um, you know, if you haven't checked it out and you love New York and you love documentaries, definitely watch the Ken Burns uh, multi-part series on New York. It really lays down some fascinating information on how New York came to be, the name. Um, you know, it was like a, just a little shipping post for a while pretty lawless place and uh, I forget everything I hear read or see so you know uh, but you gotta check it out it's a really interesting look into the history 
of this wonderful place that in some sense is the crown jewel of America. And, you know, the Statue of Liberty and the, um, the entire design being around commerce and a business deal and America really starting off as a place of opportunity. And still New York has that designation as well. Obviously, myself as a current Angelino, Los Angeles is my home. I have so much love for New York. I wish I could live there, but um, the subways are just too hot. That's that's really what it comes down to. It's also hard to play golf in. And uh, we actually talked about that on YouTube the other day. I'm not sure if you guys skip on over to the YouTube channel. But uh, we uh, we did a real nice piece on Skyway and Mashaloo and some um, uh, a little young DIY team of uh, women from the East Harlem High who hit balls in there in their little yard out there in the school, probably only a hundred yards. Uh, but they had these little limited flight balls and they were just going after it. And, you know, I mean, anyone who plays golf in New York, you've got heart in my opinion, you know, you've got, you've got heart and soul. I, we said, whenever I go to New York, I see someone with a golf bag. I say hi, because it's gotta be, it's gotta be challenging to uh, make that happen. But they all get out to Beth page. Don't they? If you live in New York and you haven't been to Beth page, shame on you. I don't know. You got to go. Um, but uh, yeah, so so the thing about Bethpage is that it's obviously very popular, right? You're 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 as a as a non-resident. Well, as a resident, you can uh, log in and get a um, you know like a like a membership number kind of thing just with your driver's license, and then you basically can call ahead and book a tea time. I feel like this may have gone digital, but it, but I, but when I was doing it, it was over the phone. So basically, exactly seven days before you wanted to play, at exactly 7 p.m., the phone lines would open, and it was an automated process where it would say, hello, welcome to Beth Page. Please select your course. For black, press one. For red, press two. Da, da, da. And then you would press one, and it would be like, you have selected black. And you say, and they say, if yes, press one. It was like a movie line. Remember, I don't know if any of you are old enough to remember. Um, you know, tonight's show times are seven thirty. My Blue Heaven, <laughs> Steve Martin, great film if you haven't seen it. But um, but then and then it would say and then it would say, please select your day for Sunday. Press one for Monday. Oh, Monday they're closed. Every Monday, Beth Page Black is closed for maintenance, which speaks to. The level of seriousness that uh, the team over there takes with this wonderful, historic, and uh, egalitarian track. Man, I, if, if any of you haven't played Bethpage Black and you're listening to this, please put it on your calendar and play it this summer. Find someone with a New York um, ID or go camp in your car. You know, So apparently I've got some stats here. Um, you, can, uh, you, you have the option of... You can't book in advance without an ID, but the first six tea times in the morning are open to people who are willing to sleep in their car, which I've never actually done. So I feel like in some sense I've missed out on the real opportunity there of, uh, of getting the full overnight drive-in experience. Uh, sometimes when Bethpage employees leave on a Friday, they will see 20 to 30 cars lined up. That's a lot of golfers. Uh, they show up the night before and they tailgate all night long to hit the course first thing in the morning. I have to imagine that tailgate must be pretty legit. I feel like that's one of the be- my bucket list things I need to do this summer. I've been kind of lucky. Um, I wouldn't say posh, just being a New York State resident for a long time. When you get that ID, you don't need to do that because you basically go into this thing and it just says, 
Um, oh yeah, it'll say, uh, please select your day for Sunday, press one. So you press one and it says, please select your desired time. And then you just type in your time, 0800, and then it, say, and then it says, please select players. And you write in four and it says, and you select it, so you select Sunday at 8 a.m. for four people. It'll say, the closest tea time we have for you is Monday at 5 p.m. for four. Well, not Monday because they're closed, so Tuesday. And then you just say, okay, fine, I'll take it, whatever. Or you can basically go back to the beginning and then select three and then select two or then select a different time. But it's a whole thing. I mean, they've got supply and demand is rich over at Bethpage. Um, after, oh, and I didn't know this. After the first six tea times are gone, uh, the Bethpage, Bethpage, um, uh, tea shop tea shop no not not pro shop the uh the um starter shack wherever you buy the tea times it's different at beth page is different because i don't know if you've listened to the podcast we did with kelly brook last summer she's the head pro she's also on golf channel she's a um, definitely a world-ranked instructor but kelly owns the pro shop at beth page and she operates that she has a lease from the city and then whatever she makes on top of that is hers for the keeping that's what she buys mashed potatoes with, not the ones that you yell after someone famous hits a tee shot. Not that's not what I'm talking about. Um, but she uh, she basically owns and operates it as a small business, and then the golf course and the tee times and the and the manicure, the uh, agronomy is all separate. So um, anyway, another great example of PGA, right? I mean, she is Professional Golfers Association A one A. Example number one. Anyway, uh, the uh, the uh, the tea times area, they give you one tea time per hour to the rest of the people who slept in the car. I don't know if that's a foursome or what, but um, this is interesting. I've got some interesting notes here on the course. Some of this I'm learning as we go. But apparently there's a largely disputed who should receive credit for designing the course. Uh, the argument has become comparable to the Oxfordian and Stratfordian dispute on Shakespeare. The design of Bethpage Black is widely attributed to A.W. Tillinghast, but some of the making for the case for Joseph H. Burbeck, who was part of the Parks Department and hired to be the commissioner of the 14 acres of land that was acquired in the 20s. I feel like I'm going to need to dig deeper into this to someone who knows their stuff. Uh, Burbeck lived on site out of a house that used to sit on what is now the 14th green of Bethpage Black. That's the par 3 just before you jump across the road. Uh, right now, there's also a maintenance shed right there. So that's a great little spot to live. I can relate if I was uh, Joseph Burbeck, I, I probably would have loved to have lived there. Um, uh, the debate is a struggle of point of view. Tillinghast was commissioned to consult on the golf course design at Bethpage in his later years. He was to be paid $50 per day for no more than 15 days. That is fascinating. But I will say, you know, if this argument is right and Burbeck did design it, whom I don't know what else he has designed, first of all, well, first of all, Tillinghast was underpaid. That's only $750. I mean, come on, Tillinghast. Let's go. Let's get an agent. Let's get some money under your belt. You're a great designer. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to make you some extra money. Listen, Tillinghast, you're amazing. All right? I want to see you on the center stage of all the biggest courses I can find. Listen, Tillinghast, look. You've got an interesting name. This, I don't know any other Tillinghast, okay? For me, Tillinghast means great golf on the East Coast. You got your winged foot. You got your Somerset. Look, I, you just, you, you're huge, okay? I could just see you designing. You know what? You should make one hole 
that's 700 miles long on every country and then you've got you've made a golf course and and the location is earth i'm just saying tilling has i see big things for you okay okay you get this bet paid project done i'll give you 50 dollars a day we're good to go i got big plans for you okay whoa sorry about that uh anyway um yeah we'll see that the layout of beth page black now that i now that i think about it is a bit unusual for tilling has i mean you know but it is a sprawling and hilly track uh, but when you compare it to places like Winged Foot, um, which I just played, lucky me, uh, that was an incredible experience. Really got to thank Billy Dratty. You're a legend, man. Uh, and thank you for the sweater. Keeps me warm on those cold nights. Um, but, it is, but it is a slightly different layout in, in some sense. I mean, a lot of Tilling has other courses. I'm sure he has other, um, you know, uh, things to pay attention to that he kind of has to manage. Um, it, it was believed that Tillinghast formed the concept for the course, but wasn't involved in the actual construction. Well, I mean, judging by that, I mean, I think that's just like, well, whose idea was it, right? I mean, it used to be in movies, the producer was the king or the queen, but now it's, um, you know, the director or the writer or the actor, who knows? But ultimately, it used to be the producer hired the director. They hired the writer. They hired the actors. It was their concept. They said, okay boy meets girl here's the idea and then they were in some sense credited for everything and now you know with golf courses i mean there's a lot of courses where the architect basically comes up with the design and bails i mean every mckenzie in australia potentially right um the construction is attributed to joseph burbeck so the debate really lies in the point of view on who should be credited with the design is it the person who has the concept that's how I say, or the person who brings that concept to life. Well, I mean, even Corin Crenshaw, you know, they have a huge team of shapers that go in and work on all these projects around the world, like Tillinghast. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's just different. Um, anyway, hang, I'm going to get this out. Some other interesting things to note about the routing of Bethpage Black is that while there are uh, four par threes that are all incredible, uh, there are 12 par fours. And only two par fives, which I think is really, really interesting. You know, what uh, What Tillinghast and or Burbeck did was, is they, I would say, defined what a good par four is. You know, you come into Bethpage, you start on number one. It's a, it's a pretty innocuous par four downhill with a sharp dog leg right. And these fairways are trimmed, man. They are not wide. They're not forgiving. Uh... When these tournaments are held later in the year, the the, the, the fescue is so high. And, and even now, the rough is so high that you are really hoping just to step on your ball because otherwise you're not finding it. Um, but then two, so one moves to the right by about 60, 70 yards. Two moves to the left. Uh, and two is basically you can't see the green because of the elevation off the tee or the fairway. And then you've got a par three is the third hole. That's kind of a long hole where you really have not a lot of, the only miss really is short right, left, long left, long right. You're all just, again, that's where I lost the Augusta National ball. Anyone? Wow, that was one of the first uh, videos we did on YouTube. Uh, Beth Page Black and the Augusta National ball. Um, I lost it on the third hole there. I just kind of wiped a little four iron and never found it. Another, another one bites the dust. I wonder who found it. So, someone must have found it. Um, I would love to know. And, uh, and then four is probably one of the best par fives in America right there. It's a kind of a mandatory three shot par five with this kind of swirling 
fairway that kind of looks like steam off a kettle. And again, the, the, the green is way elevated, probably probably somewhere around 60 to 80 feet above your head from the tee. And you just keep climbing towards the hole. I, uh, since you asked, yes, I have birdied it on camera. And uh, that's in the Beth Page video there. Um, that round, Kelly Brook, the head pro, uh, challenged me to, to see if I could break 95 from the tips. And I uh, would love for you to see the video to see if I could do that. But yeah, the, the, the whole um, immense number of par fours, 12 par fours, is it's, it really makes, you might think that it gets boring, but in no way does it get boring. It's, it's one of the most fascinating par four uh, case studies, if you will, clinics. You know, Tillinghast did his par four clinic at Bethpage Black. It really is magical the amount of ways that he asks you to come into a green or leave a tee. Um, Again, one of my favorite architects, if you couldn't tell already. Um, interesting. Uh, Bethpage Black was one of five courses built as part of uh, FDR's Depression-era public works projects in the early 30s. That's very interesting. Um, I didn't know that. Public works, again, it just comes back to golf for me. You know, when you have this opportunity to live in a place and have a golf course uh, support you in a form of recreation, I think that's mandatory, you know, and... and and in some ways, Bethpage Black really is the best example of this because when you have multiple courses and you have the opportunity to provide different levels of golf and different levels of tournament golf, Bethpage really has done, I think, one of the best jobs in the world to support the beginning golfer, to support the, uh, the, the middle-level golfer, the, uh, the scratch golfer that wants to get out there and play a really, really nice course and wants to, wants to pay a little change for it, you know, 80, 80 bucks, 100 bucks, 150 bucks. And then also the pro, the, the world-class top golfers of the world, major championship golf, visiting a Muni. I mean, and multiple times. It's not just once. It's not just a one-off. Over and over and over again. Sure, you can make the argument that Pebble's public, but I don't see a lot of people shelling out, you know, a couple grand to go play golf on the weekend. You know what I mean? That's not, that's not where I came from, right? I came from going to Bethpage, get, you know, borrowing an ID, making it happen, getting the bracelet, and just squeezing out a five-and-a-half-hour round at one of the most beautiful places in the New York tri-state area. Uh, Reese Jones, obviously uh, the doctor, uh, renovated Bethpage Black to get ready for the 2002 U.S. Open. I'm sure that Andy Johnson or Jeff Shackelford have a lot of notes on the details of that. I do not, because that was before I got into golf in the first place, but... Reese does say that he believes that Tillinghast conceived the course to be the ideal representation of a true champion's course. Uh, and I think we can all agree. The course was uh, the most difficult to shoot par on, but not unfair. I mean, I don't believe there's any golf, really, that's unfair, especially when you all play it. You know, it's un if it's unfair equally, then it's unfair. Th then it's fair. Sorry. <laughs> I'm totally... Uh, anyway, uh, the Bethpage scheme is largely derived from Pine Valley, which also has a lot of sand. Um, geez, I didn't know that. Uh, that's very interesting. I can see a lot of similarities, even though I haven't played Pine Valley. I've seen photos of it, and it does look very similar. Um, then uh, also, the first publicly owned and operated course to host a U.S. Open. Did anybody know that? I did not know that until reading this. These notes are incredible. Um, there's a sign, oh yeah, the sign on the first tee that says, uh, the black course is an extremely difficult course, which we recommend only for highly skilled golfers. 
I mean, if there's not anything more terrifying on the first tee than to basically question your own ability at the game, that's pretty legit. I mean, I remember last time I played, I put my drive onto, uh, I think, one of the next door course, I think the green course. But actually, I hit a pretty good shot from there, almost hit the green. Um, hang on one sec. Let's talk a little about these pros here. I mean, honestly, the story is all about Tiger this week. Um, you know, he, uh, man, imagine, like, I just have to say his odds must be really good, right? I mean, he's won there. He won there in 02 at the U.S. Open. And, uh, I mean, he's just playing great and playing patient. I think I think the only problem for Tiger is going to be just keeping that ball in the short stuff. And that's for every player. And everybody's going to say it on every channel and every podcast and every radio station. But I think the real thing that's interesting about it all is when you look at Tiger, um, you know, w- what a win here would actually mean. It, it wouldn't, it would mean, it, I mean, first of all, New York would literally have an earthquake and uh, Tiger would just start levitating for the next six months uh, to all the majors. But but him winning at Beth Page would be very similar, I would say, to winning at uh, St. Andrews at the Open there, which is, you know, in some sense, I would put the PGA, the home of the PGA, I would say, lives very close to Beth Page. Um, you know, and, and in the same sense, so does the home of the open. Right. But, um, you know, when you look at, uh, just, just what it would mean for Tiger to win is just, I don't even think there's any words around it. I I think trying to talk about it now, it's, it's one of those things that you kind of just need to experience, you know, and I sat there and watched Tiger win the masters from a television set in Denver and, uh, you know, I mean, I think like a lot of people, um, was, was very emotional right? We've, we've have, um, you know, Tiger has an experience. Uh, the golf world has an experience. The golf course has an experience. And then each individual watcher, each individual patron fan has a, has an experience of Tiger and Tiger's history. And what, what do you think of when you think of Tiger Woods, you know? And I know if you listen to every podcast, you sure know that that this, this time last year, I had different feelings about Tiger that Craig T. Nelson really, um, you know, gave me some perspective on, and ultimately to love a, a a flawed character is is what every movie is made of, and it's really what makes this sort of tiger plot so fascinating, because you know we all are flawed, whether we like it or not, we're not perfect, and I think in some ways having a player with as much longevity as Tiger has proved that he has really makes him one of the most compelling. Um, characters in life, right? And he transcends golf. Obviously, we all know that. So um, I really look forward to seeing Red in the last group on Sunday. I mean, how amazing would that be? That that would just be, man, there's a, books haven't been written that audacious. Obviously, Kepka looking for a back-to-back, finished second at the Masters. That's going to be big. Um, you know, I think, you know, one of the things, I, I, I really do think that at the end of the day, whoever is coming in the top 10, it's going to be fairways hit. I really think it's going to be fairways hit. Um, then again, you know, one of Tiger's strongest stats is 200 and out, right? He he uh, he can chip out and hit the green and still make par, still make birdies, still save, and then capitalize on the patience that he showed at 12 at Augusta. So that'll be, that'll be really interesting. Ricky, obviously, uh, would love a major. That would be incredible. Um, he hasn't missed a cut since the 2017 Masters. Jeez, that's insane. 
uh, in four top tens. Um, he tied for fifth at Quail Hollow and was uh, and in the 2017 at the 2017 PGA, um, and that's sort of similar challenging conditions uh, that he'll face in New York. So I mean, we're all obviously just. I mean, I'm going to cancel my schedule for Saturday and Sunday because this is going to be a showdown. Uh, and there's something about uh, watching TV on a course that you've walked, that you've played, that really brings home the element of, you know, because in some ways, obviously, the wonderful thing about golf is that, you know, when you go to the Masters, when you go to Bethpage, when you go to the old course, you realize that there is another character involved in this tournament, and that is the course. And that's why I just get so down with the architects. Um, you know, and so when the, when the, when the tournament is at a course that, you know, you know, one of the players, right? The player being the course, cause it's really just a hundred something people playing against one and that being Tillinghast or Burbeck or Jones, they're all playing against that person, you know, and I'm sure they're playing against themselves. But I think that's one of the most interesting things about these traveling golf tournaments that you really get to see what, what, how they each attack that one opponent. A couple other notes from my experience of playing Augusta. Um, when I talked with Kelly, we uh, she reminded me that they do a divot march where a group of people line up and walk the course to fill the divots, which is awesome. I mean, that's just, it really does speak to the name of the course, right? And I'm not talking about Beth Page Black. I'm talking about the people's course, right? This is really designed to be structured around that community aspect, which I'm sure you know if you've seen any of the videos we've done and you know heard of any of the stuff we've done. You know, I'm really a proponent of the idea that golf needs to be, you know, accessible for all. And in some sense, to borrow John Ashworth's line from Goat Hill Park in uh, uh, Southern California down here in Oceanside, it's a wonderful little 18-hole course, pretty short, designed, um, you know, taken over from the city and given sort of a second life. Uh, you know, Goat Hill Park is called working class, world class, or maybe the other way around, world class, working class. And I would say that comes to my mind when I speak of Beth Page, because I've played there with uh, cops, I've played there with toll booth workers, I've played there with uh, lawyers, doctors, uh, you know, and now we're going to see, you know, the rich and famous hit it, the athletes of the world. I'm just, I, I can't even... Uh, I can't overexpress my excitement. Um, the interesting thing about when you go to play Bethpage is that there's um, the driving range. Uh, you can't hit your driver, which is terrifying. Because if you're like me, you don't know where that ball is going all the time. So you can't warm up with the driver. Uh, I think three wood might even be out of play, but it's irons only. I think the players are going to be using a fairway of another course. I want to say green right next door to the first tee of of black there. They just kind of are they're able to hit whatever they want, obviously. Um, then, oh, on 18, they added some sand traps to narrow the fairway, uh, and it became prevalent to hit a six iron from the tee to the green. That's interesting. Uh, they're now trying to force players to drive over the top of the bunkers. I don't know. I mean, 18 is a tough hole. Um, uh, so, Anyway, in closing, thank you so much for tuning into the show. I'm going to come right back and do a little update on the uh, trip that we just got back from. Uh, we're happy to be working with Chase Sapphire on this because they have an awesome setup at the championship. Um, I'm serious. The card member club is not going to disappoint. It's at the 15th hole. And let me tell you guys, the views are insane. 
That's a really good spot to hang. Officially, it will be open Wednesday, May 15th to Sunday, May 19th from 8.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. And it's so easy to get in. It's so easy to get in. All you have to do is uh, show, them your, uh, show them your Sapphire card there, which is great if you're a traveler, by the way. It's got a lot of great travel benefits. Um, the, uh, they're doing a two for one special, two guests for one card and you're in simple as that. Bring a friend, a girlfriend, boyfriend, mom, dad, uncle, bring a random person. Why don't you? Um, as I speak, they're setting up for the putting green challenge. They're giving away PGA gift cards to the winners. And honestly, guys, I might just hang around there all week working on my putting. Ooh, I do love working on my putting because that's what it all comes down to. Those greens at Beth page black are so slick. Um, anyway, hook it up with some gift cards. Plus, if you want a sick picture holding the Wanamaker trophy, I've heard some rumors that it's probably going to be floating around there. Whoa. Anyway, I'm excited. You should be excited. And I know Tiger's excited. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I'll see you at the 15th hole. Um, oh, and I got a little thing of benefits here. Um, upgraded food for purchase. Not available anywhere on the course. You know, that's huge. Because the thing is, when you go to a golf tournament, the food can be tough. But, you know, Sapphire members take advantage um, full cash bar complete with signature cocktails, complimentary soft drinks, photo interactive, um, and then uh, putting green challenge, outdoor seating with views of the golf, and the Wanamaker trophy. Great. I feel like I've already said all those things, but I said them again. All right. Quick commercial break. I'll be right back, everybody. Stay tuned. Don't pull over. Please just keep driving. I'll be right back. All right. So, yeah, where have I even been? I know I looked at my Instagram last night and I was like, where have I even been? The trip entailed many stops. It was L.A. to Bandon, Bandon to Big Cedar, Big Cedar to New York, New York to Quail Hollow, Quail Hollow, Quail, 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 Quail Hollow to Sandwich, England, and then from Sandwich we went over to uh, Liverpool, where the Beatles are from, and everyone does sound like a Beatle there actually. But we played in Rick Shields' YouTube Open, which was honestly it was a blast, and um, it was a whirlwind uh, three weeks. I, I mean, I just. You know, it's one of these things where it's hard to remember what happened on that entire trip. But um, went out to Bethpage, had a bit of a couple's trip with Ashley Mayo, Jeff Blind, a.k.a. Scrum Trulescent, two of my favorite New Yorkers who obviously love Bethpage Black. If you don't follow either of them, go find them. Ashley K. Mayo and uh, Scrum Trulescent. I don't even know how you spell it, but that's a... I never even, you know, it's just there's some of my favorite people to golf with. And obviously, the wonderful Alexandra came. And, you know, I will say that we played a, a team play event where Jeff and I took on the ladies for four days straight. And we did scramble back to uh, to uh, finish all square in the matches. I birdied 18 on trails. I hit a five iron to five feet and sank the putt for a birdie, which squared that match. If we parred, we would have pushed, which would have been difficult. And then if we bogeyed, we would have lost. And I think, I don't know where Jeff was, but he was struggling that day. I remember, uh, you know, it's like the experience of playing golf when you're struggling on a golf trip is very hard. If you if you know about that, go watch the um, video on our YouTube channel called uh, watch this before you play golf, right? There's some aspects to learning about yourself on the golf course, as you obviously know, but the uh, the experience of playing poorly is one of the most teachable moments, I would say, on a golf course. And I experienced that at the YouTube Open. The last round I played over at Formby Hall in, uh, in uh, outside of Liverpool, which, I mean, I played so bad. I, I don't even, I don't even know what was, I shanked one. 
Um, but met a lot of nice people. A lot of people came out. Uh, some fans of the show, Lee, Richie, uh, Pete Ward, a lot of great guys, man. Just, just, and, and, uh, I didn't have a caddy. So we had like this like group of rad dudes that were just like, I'll caddy. And so they traded each sort of four holes or something. And, uh, it was just a great time. Met a lot of other people, colleagues of mine, um, you know, that, uh, and caught up with some people that I have known for a while. Pearson, Andy, obviously love Rick, Finchie. So it was really, and Stuart came and took some great photos and helped out with the video. I'm not sure when that video is going to come out, but hopefully sooner the better. But yeah, I mean, it was just one of these times where you reflect on everything that's happened, uh, not just on that trip, but in your life and in your career. And it was definitely that for me. Um, but anyway, Bandon, uh, the story of Bandon really is obviously Alex and I played great. We had a lot of fun going on our going on a little golf trip there with everybody and everyone abandoned is so nice. But the story there in some sense was the sheep ranch. We got a, we got a sneak peek at the sheep ranch, which I think was ultimately what caused us to miss our flight out of Eugene and basically get uh, wonderfully stuck in Eugene for a day where we had some wonderful French food and uh, basically slept in the hotel because, you know, I mean, the interesting thing is, you know, when you go on a trip and you're like, Oh, I got to use every minute. I got, I got to do something every minute. Well, the problem is that, 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 mindset has to change when you spend all of your time traveling and you never really get any time off. So my um, flight home, I slept the entire 11 hours. Then I got home, I slept another eight hours and I'm almost back to normal. But, um, you know, the, uh, the sheep branch experience was pretty incredible to see a course in the makings. I've never really seen that before. And to see what Corin Crenshaw are doing there was fascinating. And obviously, then we headed straight from Bethpage to Big Cedar, where I got to meet Bill Corin and Ben Crenshaw and do a podcast with them in the car, which was really one of the highlights of my career. Uh, meeting those two guys that have devoted their lives to the game and speak to the game in a way that I think w when you get into golf, you have this sort of staged period, right? Where, where I think the first stage is figuring out the golf swing a little bit. Then it's figuring out the golf course a little bit. Then it's putting together a score, maybe making a birdie. Then it's sort of getting social. You know, you sort of start to grow friends in the golf uh, world, whether it's just a man or a woman that you meet at the course or you get paired up with randomly and you get their number and you start playing or maybe you're part of a, a little league or whatever. And then you start to look at, oh, I want to play somewhere else when I'm traveling. I want to I see what the other courses of the world have to offer. And then it kind of gets into this thing where you develop bigger questions about the game. And, and I think for everybody, it takes a different amount of time. Um, obviously, for me, I'm on my eighth or ninth year here of the golf life. And wow, it's just when I say it that way, I'm like such a noob to it all. But um, in some sense, I feel lucky because I love looking at things from a new set of eyes. You know, they see when you travel, it's not about seeing something new on the road. It's about coming home and seeing something new. So to be a tourist in every aspect of your life, I think, is really important um as well so you know it was really great to see Corin crenshaw and talk to them about their lives of golf and travel and creating parks for us to go explore <clears throat> i gotta clear my throat and and big cedar was really a wonderful experience um it's it's kind of this like golf resort on on steroids you know it's just on acid it's just totally out there like the, the cabins, the hotel, the driving range is this sort of incredible compilation of greens that you hit into. Um, you know, it's apparently my most watched Instagram video is me just sort of hitting a three iron into this driving range. 
Um, it's It was an incredible experience. Got to play with Fred Funk. There'll be a video coming from that pretty soon. And then got to play the next day with Wes Short Jr. at the Core Crenshaw course. And he is just the the pro's pro. Just, you know, just a real, a real great example of how golf is anyone's game. Came to golf late in life. I think you're going to love that video when it comes out. Uh, but yeah, Big Cedar was a lot of fun. A little bit of rain, but uh, didn't didn't rain on our parade. We still had a great time. And then ended up in uh, New York. Beth Page was a little crowded that weekend, so we didn't get out there. But some friends did. Ashley got out there and slept in her car. And apparently there was a little potty that she had with uh, Jimmy Walker and some other randoms that showed up to, to play Beth Page that uh, Saturday, which is a really cool story. But we played uh, Plainfield, Deepdale, Somerset, and Wingedfoot. And I mean, I just, what an incredible collection of golf courses. I feel so lucky to be able to travel around and, you know, play these nice, wonderful, historic courses. Um, you know, I, I equally enjoy playing just a down and dirty Muni um, as I do playing one of these nice courses. Uh, it, it is nice to play the nice nice courses and to learn about them and to learn about the history of them. Also, obviously, pace of play is a nice thing. and really play kind of quick. Um and uh, had a lot of wonderful coincidences with everybody we met on that trip, uh, from the caddies to the assistant pros to the head pros to the people we'd meet on the tee box. I mean, really, just the golf world is a wonderfully welcoming place, and I encourage you to treat it that way. Everybody likes to be said hello to, even if their face doesn't say it at first. <laughs> but I always try to wave from one fairway to another, and I might not always get a wave, but I do it always, you know, and I think that's part of the... Uh, the traveler and me is that we don't ever have a home really uh, i think in in some ways if you golf in a real way the the, the course becomes your home so i encourage you to just treat everybody no matter how long you've been playing as a friend because they they are and they will be but i think you know we can work on that as a group and then um and then played some great golf up there again met billy dratty met um you know a lot of other uh really Really great guys, Chad. Um, you know, uh, Deepdale was a wonderful experience with you, and um, you know, Somerset was incredible. You know, these these courses all sort of fill in the blanks. I think on some level of what golf was and what golf will be. It was really interesting because I I was watching the USGA video that we made um, called um, you know What Is the Future of Golf, and we as I was watching it, we drove over Skyway from uh, the Pulaski Bridge, and it was a really interesting coincidence. And um, then went down to Quail Hollow and did a little meet up there with TaylorMade and Scratch TV. That was a lot of fun. You know, uh, there'll be a great video coming from that on the Scratch channel. Wade, who is the man in the tour truck who not only gets the truck from place to place and builds it out, but also builds out the clubs for the best players in the world while they're on tour. <clears throat> Wade, we did a Q&A with Wade and the and the... 30 guys or so that showed up for the meetup uh, to get free drivers. And Wade did a Q&A that went on way longer than he was supposed to be there. And I said, Wade, you know, we're going over time. I know you said you got to leave. And he's like, I'm having a great time. And Wade just really enjoyed the experience of sharing what he does with people that are fascinated by what he does, which was, you know, one of those really cool experiences where you witness inspiration take place. And inspiration, I think, really derives from fascination. And, uh, you know, I think, I don't know why it's hard uh, to sometimes be fascinated, but I think that's the most important aspect to life really is to look at what can I be fascinated by right now, right? And if it's not your own game because you're playing poorly, 
you know, maybe there's something else that you can be fascinated by. Maybe, maybe there's an aspect to the course or an aspect to your playing partners. And, and we look into that in the um, watch this before you play golf video. I think if you're fascinated, it's hard to be uh, upset or, or um, you know, uh, not grateful, right? Fascination, I think, leads to gratitude. Um, even if someone does something annoying, like, you know, you're on a plane and a flight attendant kind of uh, snubs you. I mean, fascinated by why, right? Well, they must be dealing with a lot of annoying people and maybe maybe the company that they fly for isn't that nice to them. Well, then all of a sudden you've put uh, potentially a, a direct hit into your psyche and your ego into some perspective. So I think fascination is really crucial in golf um, primarily, but in life as well. Um, and, you know, so TaylorMade's a wonderful uh, partner to work with and really got some great ideas down there. National Golf Day was a really wonderful day to celebrate with my team and my crew as we work towards producing great content that, you know, we get a kick out of making. And then flew straight from there uh, to England and played Royal St. George's. I, I caught up with Alex, who was playing in the uh, Hagen Hoof, which is 54 holes in one day. Uh, she played Princes, Sinkports, and Royal St. George's. I was supposed to play in that, but, um, you know, ultimately the uh, the uh, the work calls, and we did this thing for TaylorMade, which was a wonderful opportunity, so seized that. But then got in late and had a wonderful dinner with the members at Royal St. George's, which was unlike anything I'd ever experienced. I mean, literally we're all like, you know, 50 people in the sort of bar at the Royal St. George's Clubhouse, which is simple and basic but beautiful and old and wonderful and and then someone rings a large and loud bell Ding! and then everybody makes their way into the dining room and there's two large tables set up in the dining room both long and thin like you know 20 people on each side and uh, and everyone walks in and stands up there's no assigned seating you just sort of find a seat and everybody stands up in front of their seat and it went on for like three to four minutes. And then finally we started sitting down, had a wonderful dinner. It was sort of a, uh, there was like a little, um, you know, uh, ocean plate to begin with, like an oyster and uh, some scallops and, uh, you know, a little bit of fish there. And then we had uh, roast beef or uh, beef t loin, maybe tenderloin with some wonderful mashed potatoes, and then finished up with a perfect dessert. I've never had a dessert this perfect. It was a small cup of a brownie souffle, and then another small cup of ice cream with nothing on it. I mean, I don't need strawberry sauce, and I hate it when the ice cream mixes with the hot chocolate dessert, guys. Let's keep them separate, and then let's join them when we're ready to put it in our mouth. Honestly, that was the best part of the entire trip was that dessert at Royal St. George's. It was unbelievable. Woke up the next day, played Royal St. George's, um, got hammered, literally just got ejected, but played, actually hit the ball great. Um, the wind was howling. And then at the very end, we were blessed with a wonderful experience of a violent hailstorm, which pushed us off the course. Obviously, video from there coming soon. That was magically memorable. And then just took the next day and just chilled, hung out, went to sandwich in the town. There was a little town fair. Um, and then uh, drove up to uh, Heathrow, dropped off Alexandra to get back to a World Long Drive event. Sad to say goodbye, but goodbyes, uh, you know, when you travel a lot, they come frequently. And you're going to see everybody soon, I've learned. And then uh, Stuart and I made our way to Liverpool, a little four-hour drive, no problem. And, um, you know, YouTube Golf Day, I'm sure you know all about it, uh, you know. 
it was a great cause, Prostate Cancer UK. It was a great group of friends and a great chance for fans of everything that everybody does to come out and hang. Really, really, really a cool experience and um, the first of its kind. So let's hope to see more of that and more uh, innovation on how golf tournaments and golf events are held throughout the world. I obviously have some ideas of things I'd like to do, uh, meetup style, not so much competitive based, but um, you know, then we got on the plane and headed home and, and I, as much as I love traveling, I was just so excited to get home. So that's where we're at. Um, everybody, once again, really uh, thanks so much for listening to the pod. Thanks for listening, uh, you know, however many episodes you've listened to. I know we make a lot, um, you know, but uh, I really appreciate it. Mom and dad, shout out. And then um, excited to see you all at Beth Page. We're going to have a great time. We'll be out there all week, more or less. I think the weekend we're going to skip out, but we'll see uh, what the schedule entails. And um, yeah, I'm just... Uh, I'm just really grateful to everybody for, you know, the interactions we had at the YouTube show and anyone when we travel that says, hey, I've seen your content and it really means a lot to me, you know, that that, that is a really meaningful moment for me. So please, if, if you are ever in that moment where you see someone whose work has connected with you, say hi, because they love it. You know, I promise. I do at least. Maybe, maybe someone else doesn't. But in any event... Um, Again, thank you so much, Chase Sapphire, for uh, partnering with us and uh, supporting the podcast that you guys all love and making the work we do possible. So really grateful to all the wonderful partners we have on board and uh, look forward to meeting you guys soon. Have a great week. Go Tigers.